It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris. And my name is Mike. And this week, we're reviewing Season 2 of Loki. Mike, mm, it wrapped finally. up this week. The same day Captain Marvel dropped, which we have a Captain Marvel review as well. We are not. We don't have to focus on it here. We did a whole episode on it, but mm-hmm. um, two, two drops in one day. Uh, if you want a live action of your animated show, boy, you can get one because there are live action adaptations for everyone right now. Mike. Your childhood is having realistic flesh tones before your very eyes. Zoom in and look at the pores. Will you be disappointed or enthused? We'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, Marvel moves a bunch of their movie dates, and that has mm-hmm. to mostly do with the a- actor strike and some other uh, tidbits. So we'll talk about that uh, at the end of the show and more. You know, usually at the the top of these uh, episodes, I usually just kind of like set the scene and the atmosphere for just like the 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 time of life right now. But I feel like I blew that all in our Captain Marvel uh, yeah. review intro, where I was just like, "Oh yeah, we're full on into fall, cozy times. We're going to talk about it's, a movie." So it, I would say I, we get a little more fall here uh, in, in the Midwest, right? You guys don't get as much, much color changing. No, just the the, te- the temperature changes yeah. and maybe something I, will be on fire. I, I didn't tell you. I woke up this morning. Um, I was I was saying to my friends, uh, Patrick's this weekend. We played some board games. Uh, thank you, Patrick. I know you're listening. It was a great time. Um, 30 degrees outside the house where I was this morning. Was not expecting chilly. That. Uh, yeah, you're over there like oh, 60, and I'm under a blanket. No, I'm like, we we could use 30 degree temperatures because there is a freeway out here that has um, that's elevated, and the city often rents uh, space underneath them for like storage of like you know. Uh-huh. Like municipal things or maybe uh, business adjacent things. Uh, so one part of the freeway had just an ungodly amount of wooden pallets under it, and they caught on fire. What? And it shut down like that part of the freeway. The flames got so big and hot that they're they're, they're worried about the the structural safety of that portion of the freeway. And like if that just goes down for like a couple days or a couple months it's going to be madness out here so uh the lesson here is don't store a bunch of flammable stuff under your highways like how dumb is that yeah well that's pretty stupid Uh, i agree with you there so i don't think cold stops fires but at least a little moisture maybe send a little moisture in your way um to, to get that that guy going but yeah it's, it is a, the fall season my wife uh, took this weekend the opportunity to put up our christmas tree so we, we are <laughs> getting there it's fine it, we have it is a huge tree mike uh, our living room has vaulted ceilings yeah i think you've seen you know videos i'm willing to compromise with these uh pre-thanksgiving christmas crazies uh which i know listen to to the show oh yeah absolutely and, and i and i and i love y'all but you're crazy yep. uh let's compromise if you're going to put the tree up before American Thanksgiving, uh, at the very least, swap out the ornaments for like turkeys or pumpkins. Like mm-hmm. I think that's you know because it's I'm not saying pine trees don't exist before uh, Thanksgiving, but like make the I mean I think that would be fun. Top your tree with a turkey at least. Uh, you know I, yeah. I'll let you t- I'll let you take that new tradition, I, take it home, take it to the head of the family. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I, I'm. I'm not a big Christmas celebration decoration kind of person. But uh, I was like, you know, we have a huge tree. I don't know when we're gonna have another weekend when we're home, and I don't want to be doing this on a weekday. 
So <laughs> if you want to put it up, go right ahead. Um, trees, everything else is still Halloween, by the way. Uh, those decorations did not get put up yet. So we're, we've got some work to do. But um, it, it's, it's, it's fun to have that up there. And I was, uh, you know, kind of talking with uh, a you know, friend this weekend about, you know, um, Christmas Hallmark movies, right? Getting ready, getting my getting my Chris Flick server ready with a nice playlist or a live channel of a Christmas mm-hmm. movies twenty four seven to get ready for people. But we have to get to Thanksgiving, and that means it's uh, planes, trains, and automobiles times a year. Mike, uh, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but that's on my list to do it. Uh, instead, you know, since me being traveling and watching, you know, Loki and Captain Marvel this week, you had some time to watch another movie here, and I I can't tell if the spelling's correct or not, but I'm I'm excited to to uh hear more about this movie yeah correct as far as i assume it is i correct. saw it spelled the e-r-i-a-n the other day and i was like huh well either way uh i think that might be movie, a fighter but yeah. the, the movie at the at the top of the show here that i watched this week after halloween because uh my brother was pestering me to watch it and usually when he's pestering me to watch a movie that's kind of a, a sign of quality so i went ahead and i tried to watch uh barbarian from mm-hmm. 2022, just last year, directed by um, Zach Krieger. Zach Krieger, which I was not really familiar with oh. him as a director, but he is from the troupe The Whitest Kids You Know, which yes. is kind of like a uh, millennial Gen X kind of uh, um, sketch comedy group. Yes. So I, I love this trend, though, where uh, people with a kind of comedy backgrounds are doing more like horror films. Uh, I feel like that. Um, makes yeah. for good films because Barbarian is a triumph. I love this movie. It's, it's so amazing. They they do so many clever things where whether you are kind of more sophisticated within watching horror movies or whether you're fresh or not, they're kind of playing to you on two different levels. You know, the first act of the movie is all about whether this one character is or isn't a red herring. There's really insightful and crazy flashbacks and forwards, and it's just great overall. The suspense is crazy and through the roof. Um, the 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 film ends in this great, like, just awesome. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't want to give anything away. Um, I, I don't want to set up that there's some sort of like crazy mind boggling twist because that's not exactly what's going on here, but there, but there it's, it's a fun ride. Go check out barbarian. It's streaming at least right now on max. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that'll change at some point in the future. Uh, but, uh, great recommendation. I'm glad my brother was, uh, pestering me to check out uh, barbarian. I would love to just talk about it on the podcast just over and over again uh, in detail because it it has so many um, fun moments in it. Uh, But I got that all out of me because my, uh, my wife uh, does not like scary movies. Uh, She cannot handle them. And I knew the second I started watching this movie, she wasn't going to be able to handle it. It was, it's a very realistic, scary (laughs) kind of movie too. Yeah. But, but the, but the, the plotting is so interesting that I was just like, can I just tell you beat by beat everything that happens in the movie? Kind of like when I listen to a really interesting podcast and I just tell you everything that happened into it. And yeah, she told me even just her hearing it from me was giving her secondhand like scaries mm-hmm. so uh i feel like go check out barbarian uh really really fun highly recommend it check it out let me know what you thought because i had a great time chris will, you need to go watch it chris you watch this you like i it. i i'm 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 way too i even you probably watched it on my server didn't you 
because I, I downloaded this last year. So no, uh, no, yeah. I, di- I didn't. I watched it legally. Yeah, yeah on I, well, the I download- service that I pay for. Yeah, I downloaded it last year, so I, I I'm familiar with it. I understand. I, I know the plots. I, I just don't. I'm not. I don't care to watch horror films. It's not my thing. So, um, but I will say the other it. thing that's not in our show notes, Mike. That if you if you are not wanting to dive into that, um, I forgot Scott Pilgrim's uh, takes off comes out to Netflix this week. Uh, the the anime is coming out on Friday. Oh yeah, that's right. We gotta check that out. Because you reminded me, it, and this is it, it's not in our news, um, but the Netflix's what is it week? Not to dumb. It's the other geek, one. Geek geeked week. Yeah, yeah. So the Rebel Moon trailer literally just dropped. We're not gonna talk about it in the show, Mike, because I don't want to watch the trailer live. But um, <laughs> it, it, so the, you know, there's some other stuff still dropping out. But I forgot Scott Pilgrim comes out on Friday, so we we have that. But um. Yeah, if you don't care, I'm just going to jump into our first news here. We, we, we've been on, on the mic for, for a long time with our Captain Marvel reviews. But the uh, actor strike, the SAG after strike, uh, is tentatively over with an agreement in place. Now, again, as we talked about with the writer strike, tentatively means it has to go to the members to be ratified, voted for and ratified before it's agreed. So this um, this is a good thing, right? This is yes. a, this is great. Uh, I, I know immediately, I think it was like, what, Wednesday or Tuesday or Wednesday when this came through? Um, like literally, uh, this is not any indication of, of it, but like Marvel was trying to push the actors out in front of people as soon as they could for like, mm-hmm. cause they, they didn't even do a red carpet for the Marvels, right? Because yeah. no one could go to it. So they were trying to push the actors out as like Thursdays and Fridays, um, simply because the movie was opening. Uh, it was, it was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, just like any other person, you know, in the world, you follow celebrities on social media, right? And you kind of forgot that, you know, during the summer, they weren't promoting anything because all of a sudden, all of these celebrities were just posting all of these things that they had been working on or they did work on. I started following a lot of the actors from One Piece after I uh, watched that first season. And I was just, I totally was oblivious because like, why are none of these actors like tweeting or posting stories about their time on this show like it was great very well received i don't understand why they're also radio silent but then i then at the second this was over i was getting all of this one piece stuff behind the scenes content and all of my feeds i was like oh i'm an idiot yeah because they couldn't promote it all this summer yeah they they couldn't do anything movie related so they were they're putting i mean i always enjoy the 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 hot ones right uh with all the actors and we didn't get any hot ones for marvels uh, I think I think that oh, would have been great with some of that it, stuff. That actually is really funny. If you look back at the most recent season of Hot Ones this summer, it's like all athletes yeah. <laughs> or, or musicians. musicians. There's, there, there's yeah. no actors in the lineup at all. Yeah, so uh, really, uh, really, really uh, glad. That, you know, I'm glad this is over. I'm glad they're getting what they need um, to to be successful. I know the big hangup has always been on AI likenesses. Um, so it sounds like they they've gotten a good deal to to protect that from from the the artists uh, and actors involved. So. Um, Good for them. Hopefully, we get to see some more stuff. With that, we're going to talk later in the show. A lot of studios started locking down dates again. They were like, all right, mm-hmm. actor strike over. We're going to put hard dates down because we now know when we can resume production on everything. And we'll talk about what that means later. But first and foremost, let's take a, a trip to a, a property, Mike, that um, people have been burned on before. But I think after the success of One Piece, may now be happy for. And that's the live action Netflix Avatar The Last Airbender trailer mm-hmm. that came out. Uh, Mike, I've still not finished the show. I'm, I'm in book three still. Um, this might give me the push to finish it, uh, so I might might do that. So you watch this trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it looks fantastic. It looks like things I've seen in the show. It gives me good vibes. The actors are are are, are there. The effects are there. How are you feeling about this? Yeah, I would say cautiously optimistic. I and I would think anybody with a brain that loves the 
that loves the franchise as much as I do would be the same, right? Like you said, we've been burned by M. Night on the feature film, right? Uh, so, I mean, everything looks great. I, I've seen a lot of really cool, like, carousels on Instagram fan accounts of doing, like, shot-by-shot comparisons from the trailer to the, uh, like, I want to say anime, but not anime. Because, no, because, the animated show. Yeah, the animated. So, like, yeah, it, it looks great. Um I, it just it just all comes down to execution, right? I, I mean, visually, it looks like they got enough budget to match the fantasy world, so that's a good start. I I I didn't think um, the 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 brother who is what's the brother's name? Sokka is that his mm-hmm. name? They they actually got him, actually like looks just like the animated version, and he's like the most animated animated ver- character in there, right? With his face and, and so I'm like, oh, they mm-hmm. nailed they nailed this guy's act yeah, casting as it, well. It, yeah, it is weird, like, looking at, like, a real human face, and I'm not familiar with the actor at all, but I just look at him and go, like, oh, yeah, you can definitely be goofy. Yeah. Like, it, like you have that goofy-looking face, so that's good. That everything – Momo freaked me out a little bit. Momo, if you're not familiar, is the uh, the, the flying lemur that is in the animated one. I Just seeing it translated to real life was kind of nightmare fuel, but I think maybe once I see it in more context – Maybe I'll maybe I'll enjoy it a little bit more. Appa is Appa's very imposing with the, yeah. all of the fur. You, I mean, do you think he kind of like puppetry to me a little bit? A puppetry like the 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 little dude. What's his name? Oh, I mean that that would be delightful. You know, uh, if we if we add a little bit more of that. But also, like looking at this, and also coming off of One Piece, I'm like, oh, this looks like the the care that went into One Piece feels like the care has been given into this as well. Yeah. And they this didn't does... whitewash all the actors like uh, Shyamalan yeah. did. So, Yeah, we, we are also kind of reaching this era, and this is all due to the competition in the streaming wars, is that you can finally start to adapt some of these really high fantasy things on a TV budget, even though like the the phrase and definition of TV budget doesn't is not really the same of what it used to be, right? Um, uh, the thing that I am worried about though, right. Is, is it going to be good? And if it is, is it, are they even going to be able to finish it? Right. You know, they have this whole avatar studios that Paramount and Nickelodeon have whipped up, but it hasn't, I believe it has nothing to do with this live action. Uh, there's a lot of kind of like behind the scenes of like rumors and theories of kind of what happened because the original creators used to be attached to this but then leftover creative differences but it's not clear what those creative differences were and mm. i've actually seen rumors that go totally opposite directions of they left because they wanted to be faithful to their show and netflix didn't want that and i've seen it the other way where they wanted to go new and different directions and netflix was like it, no the animated show was successful we just want you to make that again so it the 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 rumors are not really substantiated the, in any different direction i would say watching this and and knowing that i've seen the first two books right and this looks like the first book if you will mm-hmm. the first season this looks exactly like what i've seen in the show so i would say that second rumor sounds more realistic because i'm like this doesn't look like there's any variation on anything i've seen like i'm like yeah i, I know that shot i've seen this i know kind of what they're referencing here yeah. so uh, the, uh but it looks it looks amazing i i, I keep yeah. going i've got to pull up here i'm going through a couple frames here and there it looks fantastic yeah, I hope it's good. I mean, the, the the true secret sauce to Avatar is the chemistry between all of the characters and the bonding and growing that happens between all of them going on their adventure. I mean, the character arc of Zuko is legendary, right? The the way he transforms throughout the series is just is is just so amazing. So that's 
you know, one of the many things that they need to um, that they yeah. need to nail on this it, adventure. But. So I, I'm looking at one scene. It looks like it's an Earthbender kingdom. It was um, Aang's friend when he was younger, and he becomes like the crazy king. Boomy. Yeah, it looks like they're doing that that in here as well. What his town? Because I see like the mm. where they rode the things down the like it, mm. it was not an aqueduct, but it's like a. A, a ramp that goes down throughout yeah. the city so it looks like they're in there so things i see i i mean i again i'm not the best person to to qualify this but as the general audience who they have to win over i i feel i feel confident in this mike i feel pretty good it's, about it it's coming on quick too i don't know if this was delayed at some point in time or uh maybe it should have been out already but i feel like this is coming out february 22nd like yes. i feel like that's soon like that's just right around the corner yeah, yeah, and and who knows? Again, I, maybe they filmed some of season two already, or, or something like that as well. And maybe they were like, "Well, we'll see what we can get done." Um, because the the thing I'm gonna hate about One Piece, and and probably this is like the time in between seasons, Netflix mm-hmm. doesn't do it quickly, right? Look at Stranger Things. Uh, I'm like, come on, hurry up! We need more content. Like, I want to get this done because obviously it's based on something that was already finished. So I'd love to do that. But uh, I think this is fantastic. I think this is great. So hopefully everyone else gets excited for it. In um, cautiously optimistic news, Mike, Legend of Zelda. Nintendo has officially announced a live-action movie of Legend of Zelda coming after the huge success that was the Super Mario Brothers movie this year. They're diving finally into the Zelda IP, Mike. Um, the cautious comes from that um, Sony Pictures is producing this film, and A.V. Arid is one of the main producers. Uh, getting his little hands in it. So, <laughs> I... You know, you know, talking this out, Aviarid has done some horrible things, um, but he's also done some good things. He gave us like the first original, like first Spider-Man, right? The Raimi Spider-Man. He uh, suggested the spot as the villain and into the in, across the Spider-Verse as the second one. Um, but at the same time, he also ruined Spider-Man. So and other stuff. He helped. He helped with the MCU early on, right? He was yeah. part of that with Feige. So like, he's done good things. He's done bad things. Boy, this is very confusing. So yeah, I have very, very mixed feelings about this. I mean, I, I feel like having this animated would have been great. Like, imagine if they could have gone with maybe kind of an experimental art style, like they did with uh, Mutant Mayhem or Into the Spider Verse. Yeah. You know, take it from a slightly more mature angle and approach, which seems to be growing. You yeah. know, out there in the animation industry, that could have been Can- amazing. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go ahead and say here. So my, I like the, the anime. Like, what if it was animated over the real world, like maybe Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes trailer we watched last week? Yeah, like it, like you like know, the, the characters are like, like like animated, right? Because obviously, yeah, it could have they're human been like very high fidelity or something. Like, there's a lot of things that they could have done with it. Um, so going straight live action, I feel like. Now you have to surpass this fantasy hurdle part of it, right? Because yeah. one of the the really awesome things that animation does is it helps you perform this magic trick of engrossing people in a world, in a fantasy world, that you don't have to try mm-hmm. as hard to kind of establish, right? We're already kind of – our guards are already down a little bit because we're watching it in a different medium. So, yeah, let's just go on this, like – let's go on this fun Hyrulean adventure, right? Uh, but – also, at the same time, like, if it was animated, I definitely don't want it done by Illumination, right? right? I want it taken with some serious... Because Zelda is a, it's a dramatic well, story. This is not just, like, yeah. a Mario plumber jumping on a mushroom. And, and Sony um, have had success lately with uh, The Last of Us, right? Uh, TV show, live mm-hmm. action. What was... Um, I, I feel like there was another movie 
Gran Turismo. Uh, I don't think that counts. Uh, but um, yeah, so this is this is very interesting that they're working with Sony Pictures. Wes Ball, who is directing Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, is why I brought this up, is going to direct this movie. So when you think they say live action, do you think maybe there is the opportunity to live action world animated CG high CG characters? Well, I mean, even if it is uh, you know live action, everything encompassing the characters are going to be yeah. heavily visual effects, right? All of the all of the monsters basically are going to be Ganon, generated. Ganon creature. would all have the, to be. Yeah, I, or like you have to like I'm sure Ganon could be like a mixture. Like you could approach Ganon from the same kind of angle that you approach Thanos in a way, right? Too. Um, I I feel like once the the production of this gets rolling, everyone is going to be on the lookout for what is the angle of the story, right? Are we are we looking from the approach of Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, which is the most recent and most critically acclaimed, or do you go more classic because it's the story that most people are familiar with and comfortable with, and you know a little bit simpler of a jumping off point of just kind of like you know, classic hero's journey. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I think you are right. Like this does not exist in a world where Mario doesn't come out before it and yeah. crushes it. Right. So I think that paves the way. Yeah. And, and, and I'm glad it's not just another Mario style movie either. Like mm -hmm. if they were like, Hey, we're gonna do animated Zelda and it's done by illumination. I would have been even probably less hyped if you will. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. We're gonna play. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna listen to it by ear. Uh, if you look up Wes Ball, um, the director, he tweeted like 2015. He's like, I will never ever get a direct, you know, a Zelda movie. But if I did, you know, here's what I would do. And then here he is, like six, seven years later. Oh, I gotta dig up that. I gotta dig up that tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw. Um, I, I saw it come up this uh, this this earlier this this week. 13 years, actually, it was 13 years. Boy, did I undersell that. I um, found it. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, yeah, he was like, uh, the next big mocap Avatar-like movie should be The Legend of Zelda, which made me think, hey, that would be a great idea. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think that's fun. But anyway, um, yes, Legend of Zelda movie announced Aviera producing cautiously optimistic going forward. Nintendo did is very precious with their IPs, so hopefully they crack that down. Uh, speaking of Sony, uh, Venom... Three, Mike has confirmed uh, was the first movie I think to confirm a new release date after the actor strike uh, agreement of November eighth, twenty twenty four. I think uh, they might they, have been rolling the cameras a little bit on it before. It, it shut they down, they so. are they are desperate to get that goo in our face, man. Yeah. <laughs> Tom well, Hardy's like, let's get on. I want to. I've heard get onto something so, else. In I've my seen everything official from like Venom three more than I've seen the one trailer for Craven and anything about um, Madam Web movie <laughs> uh which i could see starting back you know what warner brothers is doing this write-off thing for taxes do you think we can write off madam web and not put it <laughs> out there but um we'll see but venom 3 uh the conclusion of the venom saga hopefully we get some more information um on it coming out soon so we'll see see how that goes uh also in sony's world is uh, another ghostbusters movie the fourth canonical ghostbusters movie fifth if you include uh the uh Lady Ghostbusters. Well, I don't know how to differentiate it other than saying that, even though that's not what it was about. Uh, but we got a first trailer for Ghostbusters: um, The uh, Frozen Empire. So uh, uh, this was this was an interesting experience for me, Chris, because uh, I didn't watch the trailer when it premiered online, 
it was in front of our screening of the Marvels, but I, I didn't know. So yeah. uh, we're sitting in there and we're seeing like this storm coming in and these big icicles falling. Me and my we, me and my wife kind of lean over to each other like, oh, awesome, we're getting like another disaster movie. This, you know, this has um, mm. uh, what's his name written all over it? That director that does all the disaster yeah, yeah. movies. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, I hear the Ecto One. Uh, driving down the street, I was like, "Oh man, it's just a Ghostbusters movie." Yeah. So like, I I wanted like a day after tomorrow, like part two or something. Uh, but also po- important context, we say it on the show all the time. We're not really Ghostbusters people, you uh-huh. know. We we grew up it with with it in our lives, but we don't really particularly have so, a lot of nostalgia for it. So I was listening to someone else talk about this um, on, my, on my drive back. One of the the interesting things they brought up is like. Ghostbusters one and two are comedy films, right? With with a little bit of horror in there, but it's weird. The the no, there's no comedy shown in this trailer. Like there's no humor. It's really like there's like this hushed reverence about the film, right? Like like oh, it's Ghostbusters. We got to be serious about it. But Ghostbusters was always a comedy in the first two, so it's mm-hmm. really weird. You even have Pat Oswalt, Kamel Nanjiani, and Paul Rudd in this comedians, and they're like we can't tell a single joke in this trailer. Like it's got to be very serious. Um, but you know, one of the things I've also said that this is going to have like, uh, what was it? The, um, the next ghostbusters, the animated show from the eighties or whatever, um, uh, vibes where it's like one big villain. And I'm like, at least it's not Zool again. Right. Like, thank God it's not the same villain for another ghostbusters movie. Yeah. I liked afterlife. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if you ever saw it or not, but I, I really enjoyed afterlife. Um, so hopefully that this can do it, but hopefully they do it, you know, again, right. You know, it seems like there's an old cast and new cast in the trailer so we can see what's going on. Um, yeah, it, it, I, I thought the, the, the title overall is kind of interesting, right? It kind of almost feels like they're adapting like a really popular, like comic book arc, you know, mm-hmm. like when we get these Marvel movies, like, you know, civil war or age of Ultron, right. We're like, Oh, it's based off a comic book, but in kind of a franchise like Ghostbusters, you kind of expect them to be maybe following a more specific narrative with like a, a like with a, a, a number two or a number three after it. So yeah. like Frozen Empire does seem it, kind of out of nowhere, but refreshing, I, I suppose. Yeah, I thought they would be maybe lean more into it like a, a cold pun, like like a, like a mm-hmm. like ghosts and cold puns, because afterlife makes sense, right? Like, oh, ghosts, afterlife, boom. Frozen Empire doesn't really ring true. Doesn't really, really, not really doing it for me. So, um, this comes out relatively quickly as well, March twenty fourth, twenty twenty four. So we don't have to wait very long to watch it if you want to. But I, I am excited to dive into to this movie um, with no, literally, like we said, no expectations, no real baggage, kind of coming into it. So, um, buckle up, buckaroos, we're gonna have a good time with that one. Uh, also announced this week, I think it's Lionsgate. Maybe uh, uh, one of the the heads heads higher ups was interviewed. They're like, yeah, we're writing. Uh, another John Wick movie and like four other spinoffs. I'm like, oh man, that that sucks. <laughs> like, what, you're, you're you're about to milk this thing dry, aren't you guys? Yep. I haven't heard a single person say anything about that streaming Continental show mm-hmm. that came out. Like, it made absolutely no cultural impact in any way. So, I mean, that's not the angle to go right there. Right. And I don't know if it was because it was on. I think it was on peacock i mean i feel like you're just not gonna get the audience size there but a lot of these uh uh streaming studios are selling their content off to be uh repurposed like on netflix so i don't know maybe when the continental 
eventually hits Netflix, you know, alongside of, you know, it gets yeah. the rights to the yeah, other Pe- John Wick movies. Maybe everything starts to pop off. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah no one's watching Peacock. Let's, let's all be honest here. Unless you're like just yeah. putting the office on repeat kind of thing. So you're not doing yeah. that. Um, I just pulled up real quick. It's sitting at 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb, which is really isn't too bad, I guess. But like, you know, no one's saying, hey, you need I've never heard someone say you. Hey, you have to watch this. Yeah. Kind of deal. And I don't and I don't really know what the current state of affairs is with Keanu Reeves and John Wick. I feel like I saw like a quote somewhere recently. I don't know if it was fat checked or I obviously didn't look into it because I need to practice more media literacy. But it was that he was begging to be killed at the end of the fourth movie because it not not like he was over it. But, you know, he's getting pounded by uh, flights of stairs every time he's yeah. in these movies. So maybe he would like to, maybe it, I've not, not heard any, I've it. I've not heard anything about him saying, no, he doesn't want to do it. I, I, oh, okay. that, that, and then we also have, well, the other thing is, I think the, the big one is the ballerina movie, right? With, um, yeah, that's still coming out. I forgot yeah, about that. June, June of next year. So, uh, we, we've got, you know, will ballerina set something up? Um, it, it, it says it takes place between the events of John Wick three and four, um, but like, you know, will that, can that, you know, will us, as we said, do spinoffs reinvigorate anything or do they do more damage than good? Right. So, I mean, uh, I, I would say narratively worldwide, there's still plenty of gas left, right? We have yeah. not seen the high table as it were. We've only seen kind of emissaries from the high table. Yeah. There's tons of little interesting pockets. The world, the world is great. Yeah. Like yeah. I would, I would take a video game in John Wick universe, probably more than a movie. If I was going to be honest, like, a Oh, that would be cool. I saw a headline that they're doing, like they're doing an anime for it. I, I mean, just like all anime, you know, uh, spinoffs, it's, it's never necessary to watch them. Just go look at half of Netflix's animated catalog. They're always adapting stuff to live action from anime. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, they are going to milk it as much as they can. Yeah. Sure. I don't, uh, untitled anime season is in development. Yep. Uh, another, another live action. This is the same thing. Another live action television series, potential stuff. But yeah, I think for right now, I, I look at the ballerina and if ballerina is good, maybe we could look at John Mc five, right? Like, uh, four four was fun, uh, a great a great ending. But like you know, again, is it John Wick or is it another character in this universe? Right? Do we do they give it a name like the monster verse, kind of like Godzilla and King Kong kind of thing, mm-hmm. and, and just kind of go forward? Because there are some really good side characters in those movies they could focus on. So I don't know. We'll we'll keep you guys posted if anything else kind of kind of pops out of this. And in case you have uh, have forgotten, Mike, I I do frequently Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is coming out uh, next month in December, and it's a two-hour, uh, four-minute runtime on this movie. So not not horrible, really, overall, in terms of length. Um, yeah, we had the we had the trailer before our um, the Marvels yeah, screening. I, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, fine. it uh, might be fun. I heard another trailer dropped over the weekend. Um, I've not had a chance to see anything yet. But um, with the actor strike was going on when I wrote the notes through the middle of the week, there have really been no promotions for this either, right? Like, we talked about... Yeah, we're going to talk about the Marvel's box office. Like, you know, Jason Momoa is a big name, big guy, right? Like, you, you want him out there doing stuff. You want him on your hot ones, Mike, doing eating wings because, you know, mm-hmm. he, he's probably pretty fun. But, like, how much promotion are we missing because they can't get the actors in to do this stuff, too? So I, I, I keep forgetting this thing happens because they just keep, they just play that one trailer. I'm like, well, let, let's see some more more stuff. But I, I plan to watch more the next trailer and maybe see, uh, see if tickets are on sale eventually because – I will watch it for the show. We'll watch it for the show. 
But two hours and four minutes, that's a pretty good time. That's a pretty good time. Maybe they have a good popcorn vessel. Maybe that'll get me back involved. <laughs> that'll get me in there. Uh, moving on, Disney uh, Plus and the Hulu, the combined app, uh, is coming uh, March 2024, according to uh, Bob Iger on an earnings call this week, right? I believe it was an earnings call. Um, there is a beta coming in December for people who already have the bundle. So I do not. Maybe I think you do, right? You have both. Um, yes. So you uh, might be recent, able to... Recently acquired the bundle. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious functionally how that works. Like, are they just going to take the the best of the best from Hulu and pull it into Disney Plus? Or are they literally trying to merge both catalogs 100% so they can phase out the second mm-hmm. app? I mean, Iger did say on his... Um, on his quarterly earnings call uh, that he does really like the, the robust ad system that has been built in the Hulu. Um, so, I mean, I don't see what kind of stops you from kind of like copy pasting that into Disney plus, you know, I don't think you literally need Hulu.com, you know, up and running well, in order to the, use that. But so I, would I appreciate I, one app. That would be nice. Well, so you're going to, so it's going to be a split app and I'll tell you why, because of the live TV, Mike and Hulu, that's why. Um, so when he talked about the ad tracking stuff, that's live TV ad tracking, not necessarily regular ad tracking. Um, because, uh, my, my job as a marketing person, I've, I've dabbled in the Hulu live TV app it's very easy to use, which is scary. Um, but like you can target, like if I, if I'm, I work for a local company, I want to put ads in my market. I can put the zip codes or area I want to focus on and track the number of views and content. So he, he is right. It's very powerful, but I still think due to the live Hulu live TV, like there will never be Disney plus live TV, right? It'll be Hulu live TV. Um, until probably maybe 2025 where I'm wrong and everyone's merged together. But I, I think that's what we're going to get. But if you get that beta mic, I want to know. I want to I do some walkthroughs with you, see how it works. All right, I'll let you know. He also made a shot across the bow at Netflix, uh, or Warner Brothers, saying that they will not be licensing, licensing their core content to Netflix uh, in lieu of um, like the Justice League movies, uh, the Snyderverse stuff coming to Netflix last week. Um, <laughs> Which being- is like so funny because that's either – that's either Zaslav saying, oh, I will absolutely sell my core content to anybody because we need money. And their financial earnings, I believe, were either the day before or the same day as Disney. And the the market took a totally different approach to Zaslav's earnings uh, because they tanked uh, yeah. after their call. So Zaslav is either saying, I will do whatever it takes to make some money, or he's saying that the Snyderverse movies are not core so, content and he does not think they are a unique I, selling proposition. That, that's, I, there's, there's more, there's more than just the Snyderverse stuff. I just use a sense of film for the show, but that also kind of goes along with, um, that, that they are making stupid decisions over there because of that Wiley Coyote Acme movie that was, uh, oh, yeah. scrapped. Um, mm-hmm written or co-written and produced by James Gunn, who's running their DC studios, Mike. Uh, and they still scrapped it. So it looks like no matter how much weight you think you have over there, they will cancel literally anything. Mm-hmm. Um, despite that movie doing positive test screenings and being, I think was it 99% done. I expect that to leak online. Like you think we're going to yeah. leak of the coyote. Wiley that Coyote Acme movie. That would that would be nice. I mean, hopefully somebody's got it on a jump drive somewhere. Well, some well, I, I think this one, yeah, because they've uh, people like the composer shared music. The director was talking about it, so um, it's just I, Warner Brothers is really driving away a lot of people right now. Um, so we'll see if anyone actually goes to work for them going going forward. Uh, we're gonna shift into Marvel uh, for the rest of the show. Let's talk about What If uh, season two has been confirmed for a holiday. 
2023 release on Disney Plus. Mike, I don't have the dates, but we kind of guessed probably around Christmas ish. Mm-hmm. Um, was the last last one if was was it a binge model as well? I can't remember. Uh, yes. I no. I, no, I don't, I don't think it was. Either. I don't think they've done any binge over there. Um, it's upcoming. So hopefully, maybe maybe it'll be a binge model because I'm not waiting nine weeks to watch what if episodes, Mike. I don't care mm-hmm. enough about the show. Um, to be completely honest, uh, it's they're fun if they if they're they're different, but I just don't care enough to watch them all at once. So hopefully, we get a, a nice drop on Disney Plus for the holiday. Nice little nice little what if package, Mike, on our doorsteps. Uh, and now that the uh, actor strikes are over, uh, rumor is that casting on Fantastic Four will be announced as early as this week, this coming week. Oh man! So this uh, this this news uh, a little bit threw me off guard because I was on uh, Twitter and I saw Fantastic Four trending on Thursday night before I went to Captain Marvel. So I just like I kept looking around like every corner. I was like, "Where's the Fantastic Four like cameo or Easter egg?" And uh, so that was a, a little uh, detrimental to my uh, viewing experience. But um, yeah, I guess the Fantastic Four got to pop up at some point in time, right? Yes, and uh, the current uh, we, we've talked about you know the actors playing Susan Storm and Johnny Storm, but the currently uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is rumored for Reed Richards as a frontrunner, um, despite him being a an actor in Far From Home. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's it's not like it's uh, unfounded to you know have an actor yeah. play another character in the MCU. Yep. Um, but this could theoretically, if I had to stretch and make a headline out of it could hint at the idea that the fantastic four are indeed coming from another universe because then, you know, you would just, you know, write it yeah. off that way. Right. Yeah. I also think uh, if you, if you, you, you trim up Jake Gyllenhaal's hair, give him the great temples and make him less of a sleaze ball. He could probably play a pretty different character that looks a little way different kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there's an opportunity here. I, I'm excited for some announcements. I know they are, they are filming. I thought, now, uh, hopefully, I, you know, I don't know if they'd ever put on an earnings call, Mike, but I was hoping maybe they would have done that last week. But um, very excited to see if they what they do with any Fantastic Four news um, and if they they want to do that. Deadpool has a new release date, Mike, of July 26th, 2024, of next summer. So it's pushed back just two months from May to July, uh, maybe two and a half. Um, but as, as we talked at the top of the show, the strike, the actor strike is over, right? So mm-hmm. everyone took essentially, my guess is everything they've gotten filmed on their, their shooting scripts or shooting schedules and just said, if we start in two weeks, where are we going to land for, for, uh, the movie? Right. Um, so it sounds like they're very confident in Deadpool being done, uh, late summer. I think that's a great summer date for Deadpool. I think that'll be fun. Um, yeah. And uh, on top of this, in case you're a dog fan, you can go into our show notes and see that Dogpool is confirmed for the movie via Ryan Reynolds. And they got a little, um, I don't know what type of dog this is. but he It's looks, a ratty little dog. I don't know it, dog yeah, breeds either. <laughs> he, his tongue's sticking out of the side. He's obviously been, you know, overbred for something. But that he, they have a little dog pool. Uh, it looks like uh, confirmed for the movie that they're working on. He's standing on a, a, a car with broken glass. So it looks like we're getting a dog pool variant in this movie, Mike. Um, I think that's fun. I think that's a little fun mm-hmm. thing from Ryan Reynolds. And um, before we jump into other news, Deadpool 3 is now the only Marvel movie in 2024, Mike. We are going from yeah, three a year to one a year next year. I mean, that's big. Uh, we were just talking about that financial earnings call with Iger. 
Uh, he reiterated things that he said earlier in the year that is it is about quality over quantity moving forward. Um, he hinted at that the kind of the fixing phase of his uh, return as CEO was not necessarily over, but now it's all about we're done fixing and now it's time to start building. So I guess now that he's got his house in order, you know, he Airbnb'd it to uh, Chapek and he uh, tore all the paintings off the wall and flipped the couches. So yeah. he's got to put all those frames back up and put the furniture and, in the back right order. So now he's like, all right, now I can, now I can start to fix the content. So, so I will so, say, I, I'm going to say Deadpool is, I, I'm a little asked is, I would say is not um, subject to that statement. I think they already have the quality, the, like an extra two months, essentially shorter than the actor strike as what they're pushing this movie. I don't think this movie was in trouble, right? I feel. Oh yeah. This. I don't think, the, the, yeah, I don't think so, it has anything to do with but, Deadpool. Right. I think it has to do with all of the other movies. Right. So, 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 so we'll talk. So, so July 26th. So everything else was pushed into 2025, which this is where I pause for concern, Mike, because now we have four movies in 2025 rather than we have one in 2023 and four in 2025. So, uh, I, some of these may shift. Um, fantastic Four is the only other movie that we don't have here. So it may, it may shift as well. Um, but we're going to talk about Captain America Brave New World uh, coming out now February 14th, 2025. So this has been pushed back, um, I, I mean, since the, the pandemic and everything, se- several years now. Uh, so we are over a year and um, like three months, four months from from Captain America Brave New World. And um, this is uh, this this was announced and then like a day later. Uh, the Jeff Snyder on the episode of the hot mic says the latest Captain America venture did not go over particularly well in test screenings. And apparently three key sequences have been cut and extensive reshoots are planned from January until May of June of next year. Wow. So it sounds so that, like they're retooling this quite a bit. Yeah, that is definitely more than just kind of the uh, scheduled reshoots that we say every movie has mm-hmm. all of the time, right? We, we yeah. bring that up all the time. Like three, movies three. go through reshoots. Like, so, th- but like two is, months this- is, is about normal, I think is what they say. Like five to six months is like a whole, whole different change. Yeah, this is this is extensive. Right. And also a pivotal character. Right. I mean, the it, I would say the heart and soul of those um, first three phases of Marvel was either piggy uh, flopping back and forth, either between Tony Stark or Captain America. Right. Yeah. So if, if, if you're relaunching this character, I guess outside of Disney plus where, you know, we got to see him a little bit at the end of Falcon and the winter soldier, like you, you got to, you're building a franchise it, here. This is not just, this can't just be a one-off so, movie, you know? And, and, you know, knowing that what we know from the casting, you, you have Harrison Ford in here. You, you're bringing mm-hmm. back Tim Blake Nelson from the incredible Hulk. Um, you know, rumors online uh, from last year say it's going to deal with the, the eternal stuff. I'm like the, the, what is it? The eternal coming out of the ocean. Like you, the, the rumors and then the, the, the facts are like heavy on this movie. So how do you make a good movie with all of this? Right. And I think we've even said on the show, Anthony and Mackney, he's not for us. So hopefully everyone else is good enough to carry this movie. Uh, and I always feel so weird saying it too, because like Anthony Mackey has done, he has done nothing to me. Yep. Uh, not unlike um, who played Iron Fist, Finn Jones. Is it yeah. like, yeah. Uh, so like, I don't know, like sometimes like just like an, like an actor just on screen, just like, just not vibe with you in any particular way. Like I can't expre- explain it. Like I'm sure. Yeah. 
like things are fine, is, you know, behind the screen. He has been like, great as a sub, like a, like a secondary character. Yeah, a supporting Captain character. Yes, but as a lead character, I, he's got he's got a, he's got range. He's a good actor, but I don't I don't I don't dig it. I just don't dig him in that. So like, I I agree with you, and it's nothing it's nothing personal. I he's he's yeah. I mean I'm sure he's a lovely gentleman and will probably yeah. do a great job, but I you can't we you can either again I always say this, you can remove an actor. From the the art from the artist, or, or you can't. This is one where I can't. I just can't do it, yeah. and that's that's a flaw. It's funny because I feel like I always couch my statements about him. Like I'm gonna run into him yeah. at some point in time, and, and he would also know my uh, he's listened to this show. Yeah. It. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's not gonna happen. Yeah. But you know, just just in case, I don't know. Yeah, be careful. So yep. But Captain America: Brave will sounds like it's getting retooled. Um, next up, Thunderbolts uh, moved to July of 2025. Uh, this movie has not even been filmed yet, so I think this is just a production thing, Mike. Like, no, no other news has come out about this movie, so I think we're fine. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, that's good, though, because that means this is going to fall under the cone of kind of like the new Disney Marvel strategy. So yeah. we can really, hopefully, see some... It'll be 100% non, yeah. non-JPEG uh, yeah. crafted. Now, I will say, I think they're also keeping this date because something in Brave New World has to spin into this movie. Like they they are marrying these two movies no matter what we do here, so mm-hmm. like I I think Captain America: Brave New World with Thunderbolt Ross played by Harrison Ford is going to roll into this movie somehow. Yeah, because well, also name, not to mention not to mention um uh Elaine from The Office. I can't remember uh, Julie yeah, yeah. Dreyfus. Valentina. You know she was she introduced in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, so you do have that crossover there as well. And also every, I feel like I have, we have to have like an asterisk of every time, like we are blaming Chapek for something. I feel like we're almost more just like placing blame on just the era and the time in general, mm-hmm. because I don't think just one person, you know, has yeah. the power. The to regime. Destroy. It's a regime. Yeah. Yeah. If you it's will. The re- yeah. In general. But, um, yeah. I don't care. I'll, I'll, he, he's, he's like a rich, wealthy executive he, and never has to work again for the rest of his life. I, yeah. I don't have to feel bad. The for horse him. is dead. We know it, but we're going to keep, keep beating it. Believe it. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, uh, also, uh, Blade. Blade has been uh, pushed back to November seventh, twenty twenty five. This is also just in the same production line. Like these movies were always in this order, um, and now they're just confirmed to be in this order again uh, for for November. So, um, hopefully, we will actually get to see a Blade movie, Mike. Possibly. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, eventually, I would love to get something tangible out of this film because every time. Uh, anyone has to talk about the movie in an article it's just always a, a screenshot of um of his character from like Alita, Alita battle, battle angel, angel. yeah the wearing same the glasses just like we uh, this is the one time where we need like the the photoshop artists or even the ai bros to really yeah. just crank out the image generation i just need something else visually different than the him in the sunglasses oh yeah absolutely it's the same thing i'm like, everyone's like oh new blade photo i'm like no it's not it is not from that and then that's he'll probably look way different even like i hope he does so um yeah uh all right so uh on thursday uh the marvels release in theaters uh and uh, you know we we did a whole review episode on it, so i don't i don't want to beat this with a dead horse because we got to talk about loki season two right so mm-hmm. um for for lack of a better term uh it's it's not doing well at the box office but we put a bunch of asterisks in our review episode which i'm going to link here in the show notes uh, that you guys can listen to about, you know, it's not just the, because the movie's bad. It's not because, you know, um, there's a vocal minority out there. There are tons of things going on. Actor strike, economy, um, people um, 
you know, last time we saw Nick Fury was Secret Invasion. People are just kind of, I'm over, you know, being burned on Marvel films. Uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. I had a really good time. I thought it was a refreshing film. Uh, and I, I would highly, I would highly, I would just recommend it to anyone who's like, should I go see it? I'd say, yes, you should go see this movie. I think you'll have a lovely event there because it is the most, as I said, to, you know, to Mike, the most comic book ever brought to life in a movie. Like it's very much, if you, you're like, if you put it in a comic book form, it would be perfect. Like just flipping through the pages, having a good time uh, with, with the, the things, the, the actors are super strong. Uh, again, everyone, everyone I've seen, everyone I've, I've not heard anyone fault. I'm in Volani's Miss Marvel at, at all. Mike, like everywhere I've read as the, like, she's an absolute treasure in this movie. And, and I think we both agree with that. Um, so a- absolutely agreed. Mike, do you want to give your, uh, s- you know, quick, uh, speed review of this? Yeah. Kamala Khan, easily my favorite part of this film by a mile. She just brings so much energy and cheer and just the, the feelings that we all used to have when we were watching those early phases of Marvel, when we see our favorite heroes on the screen, she brings that energy that we desperately want to recapture when we see and meet our favorite heroes. Uh, the, the, the personal dyna- dynamics and the emotional stakes of the characters are by far the most successful part of the movie. And then a lot of the, the plotting and like technical drivers that are moving the characters forward could use a little bit of a polish and a cleanup. But overall, I had a good time watching the film. Uh, I, we don't traditionally like really officially rank any of the Marvel movies that yeah. re- the, the, we review, but I would say this falls pretty safely in the middle of the pack, which Chris, you reminded me is like 30 movies. Yeah. It's like so, 33 you know, movies. At I point. would say, you know, if you're in the middle, maybe towards like the, 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 the top half of it, the, the cream, I would say that's pretty, that you're, you're in a good spot. It is again, I think, um, out of the last five Marvel movies, this is probably right again, right in the middle, like guardians, Black Panther 2 is really hard to rate because I'm like, I don't know how this fits in here because it's, it's such a heavy movie and like mm-hmm. loss and emotion. I'm like, it's pretty good uh, right there. And then uh, below it are Ant-Man and Thor Love and Thunder. Like it's better than those movies. So second best movie this year, uh, third out of the last five Marvel movies. Pretty, pretty easy to stay. So yeah, pretty solid. So like uh, we were saying, we can, we can pretty easily recommend this one. Hopefully box office rebounds a little bit in some way. Um, mm. I honestly would be surprised if we see some sort of sequel, like a third installment. Mm-hmm. I feel like, especially after the the box office reception, I don't. This is definitely not the last we see of Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. but or the it, or, it, it, or the other characters. Yeah, it it is kind of hard to imagine, like, you know, Captain Marvel three. You know, they might team her up in a different conglomeration, right? We. And, we- you know. Well, I think I think that goes back to all the Marvel things. Like we ha- we only have so many dates and so many movies and so many characters. If you want to introduce new ones like Fantastic Four and X Men, you're going to do that, and you're not going to get a Captain Marvel three. But if Captain Marvel, the Marvels made a billion dollars, they would really shift that around pretty quick. Um, mm-hmm. But I I think I don't think there's a whole cutout for for Captain Marvel three unless they do say, hey, you need you know we're going to give you a swan song and we're going to go all out kind of thing. Thor Ragnarok shouldn't have been a thing, right? Thor three. Should not have been a movie based on Thor. Thor one good. Thor uh, Dark World sucks, but like Ragnarok came out on a good note. So maybe maybe they could find a way to maybe take the budget down, make it a medium budget film, and give her a swan song if you want to. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So let's go ahead, Mike. If you're good, let's jump into uh, Loki season two review. Um, Finally. We, so so <laughs> six episodes um, have come and gone. Six weeks 
Um, we haven't really talked about it, you know, off the air either, much either. So we'll do that. I, I think I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, from from now, uh, full full spoilers. Um, oh yeah, because uh, you, you can't you can't talk about a TV show without doing full like what what do yes. people that want to not know? Um, and it's been six weeks, so you've had plenty of time to watch it. If not, mm-hmm. come back later. Go watch it. Come back later and listen to what we have to say about this. Because I think early on, um, again, full spoilers. A couple weeks ago, I think maybe the first week, and we were like, "Oh, this is firing on all cylinders." I think it was the second week because mm-hmm. you were gone the first week. Um, but we came back. We're like, "Oh, this is great." It picked up right where it was. We are we are loving Loki season two. Mike, did that continue throughout the show for you? Man, the TVA is single-handedly the most interesting thing happening in the Marvel Universe, I might say, of all time, uh, across all of the phases. It's just doing so well, and it's so interesting, and I feel like it's so good just standalone on its own. Like, you almost don't even need any superhero-powered things happening, and a lot of that doesn't happen in this show. I mean, yes, like, Loki is, like, a god, a wizard, whatever you want to call him, but for the majority of this season, and whenever they're in the TVA, they have, like, the powers on, like, lockdown. There's power dampeners. So, really, you're just watching a really innovative, like, sci-fi the futuristic mid-century yeah. modern, you know, TV show. Yeah. And it's just really clever. I, you know, the performances, the, the acting is great. I love the addition of like the new characters of OB and leaning into some of these other like TVA agents as well. Yeah. Uh, obviously the TBA, uh, TB to be decided, Jonathan majors. Well, we don't, don't, don't touch what, Don't touch on that yet. Let's not get into we that. We don't know that. what's happening. We don't know what's happening there, obviously, but I loved his performance as, um, uh, what do they call his character? Victor again? Timely. Like Victor Timely. Victor Ti- I loved Victor Timely. So yeah, everything is like popping off. It's great. I love it. What an amazing like finale. Like Chris, when was like when was the last time something Marvel Disney Plus related came across? And I was texting you like, wait, what night of the week does this yeah. does this air? I gotta make sure I catch this the second it's ready. Like the last the last two episodes or the last three or whatever, like I was on my couch, West Coast, six p.m., ready yeah. to go, ready to watch these because I was like hooked in. It's been a long time since anything Disney Plus has done that to me outside mm-hmm. of like maybe Andor. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think I think Loki Loki season two. Uh, continued the success and quality of Loki season one. And I would say from the beginning, they said that this is a two season show, right? Very much from, from the beginning, even though it has different showrunners for season two season, they were like, this is a two season thing. We know what we want to do with it. And having that vision, that ability to say, this is the end and this is what we're working towards really kept this tight and to, to a point, didn't it? Like Mm -hmm. it really was a, it's a very tight show. They know what they're doing. I don't feel there's wasted episodes or wasted time, pun intended, uh, for this. But, like, you got, you know, um, if you look at all 12 episodes, it's literally just one big go, right? You can you can watch from start to finish here because literally episode one picks up where season one leaves off. And they just keep going, and it, it's really great. I, I I think I think Tom Hilson, as an actor, in the 14 years he's been doing Marvel since, you know, Thor 1 has been a, a treasure and seen his character evolve and transcend, you know, the different ones. And this character is obviously a variant Loki, right? Because he was brought from um, the battle of New York and watched his history as the other characters. So it's not the original mm-hmm. Loki, but like seeing him evolve and be like, yes, 
I want, you know, I care about people now. I want to save my friends. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to take over, be the king of anything, uh, really. Uh, he's like, I don't want people to admire me because of me leading them kind of deal. And and it pays, I think that ultimately pays off in the end of the series with that. Uh, I, I think the, the my disappointment this season is the Renslayer slash, um, uh, what's her name, uh, Miss Minutes characters kind of got shafted, I think, towards the end a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just didn't get enough time. But what can you do with six episodes and so many characters already? Uh, mm-hmm. They were the consequences of that. But this show, again, I think you and I have talked beautifully shot, beautifully designed, set decorated, right? All the mm-hmm. periods come together. Um, you, you know, all the different scenes, the spaghettification effect, which is essentially the new dusting effect, if you will, for Marvel. Yeah. Uh, you're going to see that everywhere for a while. And one of the things, and we're, we'll talk about this at the end, uh, more towards the end of this this review here, is the Jonathan Majors as Victor Timely. He can play all Kang, he who remains Victor Timely, all the other uh, council versions, and I don't see. I see him a little bit, but he can like mold into this other role so well that I don't see that it's just one dude playing all the roles. And um, we kind of see it there at the end when we get you know Victor Timely and he who remains in the last episode. I'm like, oh, I, f- I forget they're the same actor because they they got different haircuts and they have different things. He even talks differently as Timely, so I'm like, this is he's a really good actor and, and, and hopefully like, you know, it's going to be a huge loss if if things don't work out. Uh, but at the same time, I'm glad for what we got with him because he did such a good job at it. Uh, yeah, he, he's making big decisions and big choices with those characters. And I don't even care if they are not even like paying off. Like he commits to it either way. Like the, the stuttering for Victor timely at first got on my nerves a little bit, but I kind of, it grew on me a little bit. So I don't know if that's just the charm that's coming from mm-hmm. his performances, but yeah, it really, really worked for me. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the, the emotional core, I mean, th- that's just storytelling in general, right? Whether you're telling a funny story, dramatic story, a scary story, you just have to empathize with the characters that you're seeing on screen. And they have really taken the character of Loki through an arc on this show. For sure. He showed yeah. up as a spoiled prince brat that you know didn't care about anyone or anything uh and then he by the end of it it was like the end of scott pilgrim of congratulations you've earned the power of like friendship you know and (laughs) self-introspection like it was it's just it's just so great you know Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and and one of the things you know um, this season, it's hard to talk about without the end because everyone's talking about the end of the show, right? Where mm-hmm. Loki literally sacrifices uh, his his freedom his, to to be with the, the people he he now cares about to go be a true god, the god of time, um, mm-hmm. and 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 literally break um, the infinite loop that is uh, Victor. I guess he who remains the the one true timeline. He breaks it to create. Um, his own and be the, and holds all those strains together and keeps everybody alive and watches over them. But it's a thankless job, right? Nobody knows he's doing it mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And um, it was cool to see, you know, he, he grew him, uh, he, he used his magic to give him a good suit at the end, right? A nice green suit with the horns that he always wanted. Uh, the Yggdrasil, the world tree visage, whenever you yeah. look at I the, mean, the timelines was great. The, the, the tableau of him at the end, finally in that gilded throne holding just just existence together like i don't know if that is from a comic book splash page but it is a hundred percent influenced from the vibes of just 
yeah. turning that page and just seeing it all splayed out in just beautiful ink and color detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I really commend them for finding just that that really visual. And then you pan out and you do get that that tree visual as well. And I think they did something really, really smart. My, I think one of my favorite things about the final episode, and it was just not really like a throwaway line, but it was just a little bit of just, he was just like, Obi, if I wanted to learn everything about theoretical physics, how long would it take me? And he's just like, tell me how long he's like, Oh, it could, you know, it could Couple take, centuries. you know, take centuries and and he was just like the did you okay. like basically did you forget that like I'm a god and I, that actually I think was really really helpful because I think if you take a normal like human being right uh, that has the uh, power of time travel right and maybe when they're in this like time travel state they're not aging right it's hard for me to imagine a normal human being having the patience and perseverance to go hundreds of years learning something and going in a cycle but since he is a god and has already lived so long like his perception of time is already different than maybe most human yeah. beings and just living as a god is also just different too. So I think that really pairs really well because I kept thinking about that when he grabbed all of the branches and trees like to sit down because I was like, oh yeah, if he if he has the ability to just dedicate him hundreds of years to himself of just trying to learn theoretical physics, like yeah, I can actually see him to manage to do this. Maybe yeah. not forever, but you know, I think uh, um, I don't know if. Um, uh, hunt, uh, if B15 said this or it, it was somebody else or if it was Sylvie of like oh you know he's giving us he's giving us a chance now it, so yeah. I loved that like idea of like sacrifice and everything and it was just the, the visuals like so cool man like I don't know if we're supposed to interpret that that tree literally or figuratively well I think I think, know, I think it's I think it's a it could be both like right it's called the world tree you know, they've already talked about Yggdrasil and, like, the legends of, you know, the, the realms. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's bigger now, like, literally. Because cause it's – what is cool about the last episode, you know, every every episode is great. But the last episode is, like, he he's controlled time slipping. They, they even reversed the Marvel intro for us, right? Like, that was really fun um, to, to do it in reverse. And he's like, okay, we have to – we have to do this, and he's like played through hundreds, if not thousands, of variations of timely failing to get out there as fast as he could, right? So like, it's fun to see him kind of like, yes, you're do- you're doing a great job. Like he's sitting there, like I I don't know, like I guess subconsciously just giving him confidence <laughs> the whole yeah. time, and they're like it's failing, and then he has to. He's like, okay, this wasn't. I have to go back farther, and then we get to see him, you know, spar with Sylvie hundreds of times, you know, figuratively again. Um, to, to not kill he because he needs it and then he finds out hey actually you know the 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 loom is a fail safe right to keep the one true timeline no matter what the one true timeline will always be there if if, it, if this busts guess what everything else will get pruned kind of deal yeah. and it'll remain and, his- and that was really fun and then to see him like oh to i have to break this now in my own way was was really yeah Compelling. And I really love to see his powers grow towards the end as well. You know, not only did he learn to control his time slipping, but then he also was able just to control time in general. He was able to pause it himself and reverse it. So, yeah, he basically became this god of time and he put the burden on top of himself and it's just great. So you were talking about him trying to, you know, uh, creatively figure out like, how am I going to, uh, get this bridge scene, um, you know, popping off. And I just have to say, I am absolutely in love with those. 
I, I'm calling them spacesuits because that's the, the the most analogous thing I think. I love how big and puffy they are. I love the gigantic corrugated tube that comes off mm-hmm. of the back of them. I I am just in love with the visual, and this is my call to sideshow collectibles or hot toys, whoever needs to hear this. I want I want this highly detailed like one sixteenth scale figure or whatever it's got to be. It's just so cool and i love that we just got to see more and more and more of it towards the yeah. end because he just had to run this scenario over and over it was, yeah. it was just great he's like don't set <laughs> it down know, it'll fall off yeah i was just about to say that now what did i what did i tell you uh yeah, yeah it was just it was just so cool yeah it's, it's really fun. everything about i mean if i if i am in charge of marvel if i'm sitting over there watching the performance and critical review and story elements of all of my different properties going on uh, not unlike the characters in this show, looking at those monitors of the timelines and trying to figure out where the thing is going. Like it, it, to me, it, the the obvious answer is here is like you pivot the entire Marvel universe around like the TVA. It's the most. It makes the most sense. It's the most interesting I, thing. It's the easiest way to kind of pivot into this like quantum universal branching I, type of stuff. We've already talked about it. One hundred percent. This is in Deadpool three already. You don't you don't have to worry about it. However. I disagree. When they lean too much on one thing, that's where Marvel gets screwed over every time. Like you focus on one thing too much, it's gonna fail. And this is this is a great time to talk about um, Jonathan Majors, right? He remains Victor Timely, Kang, the Council of of Kangs, um, right? As an actor, um, and this is where I'm gonna point that art, that Variety article last week that says, oh. Uh, with the ending season of Loki, the last episode of Loki, they, they've screwed themselves. They're fucked because they didn't write themselves out of this actor. Well, after watching this, Mike, they have every absolute right to get rid of that. Uh, if, if, if Jonathan Majors is found guilty and they don't want to hire him, this this episode can wipe him clean and put a new person in that, that role, right? Absolutely. Because the person at the end of time is Loki. He's controlling the time. Well, you can say, well, guess what? The new variants of Kang look different somehow because because some something's happened yeah so i, I don't even think they even need to visually acknowledge uh, confirm yeah. that they changed you just do like a typical hollywood recast the audience is smart enough to know that sometimes this I, just happens i don't know. even i don't even don't do a recast i i still think the best thing to do is write him in as a character but don't tell him tell anyone who that is that's who that is at the end and then they unveil mm-hmm. at the end that's your post credit scene right like oh you know come to find out the whole time this person is now a, a Kang variant, um, and that's what and that's what he looks like going forward. At the yeah, end they could do something like. But that. like so, but like so, I, 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 again, I think the ending sets us up for a clean slate for that role if it is Jonathan Majors or isn't. I, absolutely, mm-hmm. without any doubt, they could literally recast him and just do it, and no one would know, and no yeah, one would care. I, I think this really brings me into the the big thing that I wanted to talk about with this this review, and I uh, I briefly hinted and talked about it when we were reviewing Captain Marvel, no, not Captain Marvel, the Marvels, the Marvels, in, in our other episode, where uh, we're we're really building to something here in the Marvel universe, right? There's there's different realities, there's different branch timelines, there's different multiverses, uh, right? We got a lot of different things going on within the MCU, but there doesn't seem to be an agreed upon definition of what any of this stuff is. It's still really, really messy. Uh, Kind of, uh, it feels like every director or writer is kind of taking a different approach to it. And maybe Marvel is just kind of sitting back and waiting for one to solidify and make the most sense. Because when you watch Loki season one and season two, um, they might, 
say the word multiverse at some point in time, but they are 100% leaning into the, the structure of timelines. Like yeah. this is all about branching timelines, alternate realities. Maybe they'll, they'll say that they talk about variants, but this is all very time focused. Like Miss Minutes is a literal clock AI that, you know, that controls everything in the TVA. So this is all very time focused, which to me, in my head, I hook back into um, Endgame when uh, Bruce Banner goes back, talks to um, Tilda Swinton. Uh, they have the outer body experience and she's literally doing the same visual of branching timelines with her finger in the air that matches up pretty one-to-one with the visuals that we're seeing in Loki, right? So to me, that makes the most sense there. Let's move forward with, with, with that idea that there's these branching timelines. But then when you get into something like Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and I don't remember exactly how everything was functioning at the end of what if season one. And I guess you can even throw that out if it's, if it's not canon. Right. But they're leaning into more of the idea of like literally anything is possible because the multiverse is an, is an, is an infinity type of thing. So you could have a universe where maybe the only difference is that uh, Loki got a hand, got a hold of the Tesseract and he moved away or you're, you could theoretically have a totally different universe where everyone is like slug monsters, you know, right? So it's like there's no agreed upon definition of how we're supposed to interpret or per- perceive a multiverse because I like the idea of where Loki's taking it, where we have different branching timelines, there's different variants. It feels very, it still feels very earthbound, right? So it roots it a little bit more like like as an audience like at some point in time like are we supposed to try to define what a multiversal like proxima nova looks like mm-hmm. not only is it already an alien planet that we don't know much about but there's a multiversal version of that planet with a whole different version of it so i i i would i need that to be solidified at at some point in time because like is literally anything possible at any time in another multiverse or is the multiverse just kind of like a, a different version of our branch timeline? And they they have not really given me a funnel of which way I'm supposed to. Yeah, I, I think I think it's both. And I think as as you know, when we got the Infinity Stones right early on, like they they're gonna have to set those rules in place as we kind of go forward. Um, and, and like you mentioned, top st- stamp down kind of what those rules are because I think multiverses and timelines can be the same thing. Um, some branching timelines could be a branching timeline in the past. Again, imagine um, a, a change in the weather in prehistoric times causes the what? What do you mention the, the the planet full of slug like versions of us, right? Or al- mm. like the alligator versions, or or something. And then you know, branching time like you know, branching timelines now create different universes. So it's like it's an infinite number of things. And they know they haven't touched on it, but they they do refer them as you know again uh, realms, universes, and uh, timeline so i i think timelines and multiverses to me are the same but you have to think about like timelines branching like it's not just always going forward you can go backwards and branch from there right and create bigger like your tree is always getting bigger towards the bottom um yeah, as you kind of get down there so yeah i mean that's a that's a whole nother uh question too that we've brought up before like the different realms like is there a multiversal version of that place that Shang-Chi goes to in his yeah. movie right or is that like its own isolated thing and 
multiversal versions of that, yeah. you know, can't exist. It, it's well, it's just such a big, heady topic that I feel like you you really got to sit down and really put down a piece of graph paper, right, and lay out how you're going to tell the story. Because uh, if you watch that uh, South Park special, uh, Enter the Panderverse or whatever, they make a lot of jokes in it about how people are exhausted and tired of multiverses already. Uh, so, and I disagree. I think, I think if done well, they are not. But, but exactly because I, I think of the the most effective one, which is everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, a nice contained story. They laid out the rules of how the multiverse works, but they really make you care just about these specific characters and their journey through the different universes. All of the other people, these other infinite versions, don't matter. It's all about the specific character that we're following through it. But now Marvel is starting to introduce other characters from different multiverses. So, like, if they introduce us to um, a new character from a different multiverse, like, uh, I don't know, just for example, let's say uh, Captain Carter survived her altercation and she was still out there in existence, like... I do. I, am I supposed to care about her? She's from a total another universe. Right. Like, yeah, I feel like I, I shouldn't have to emotionally carry the weight and, of these characters. And I also <laughs> think you're you're setting up a lot of expectations for things that haven't happened, and you're 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 creating events that aren't there yet. So let's see what they do with the movies first, and see if, if it even comes up to that. Um, but I, I think you know, they, again, to be successful, to get to Kang Dynasty, to get to Secret Wars, they need to set that down right a little bit. Like realms, I can I can get 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 around because like they're just hidden, maybe in partial like. We just don't see them in our universe. Like they're there, running in, in tandem. We just don't see them. But like multiverse and timelines, I to me they are one and the same. Um, a new a new dimension creates it, and timelines can branch off from that. So it's like you have just huge like, kind of like a tree, right? Like you have the base, and then it just starts branching. Those branches branch, but like you have an entire one one limb over there is the ultimate universe. One limb over here is the main universe. Another one over here is like a steampunk universe, kind of right. Then there's timelines within those even, but um, the the idea is that it can get infinite is is overwhelming at the end of the day. But I I do believe um, I've been reading still through the Marvel Universe timeline book, and they've been explaining it a little bit by a little bit, but that's farther down the book because I haven't got to the Loki yet. So mm-hmm. um, or Avengers. So we'll we'll talk about it. But overall, I think with the rules they have set up and the, everything they've done in here, the show is a nicely contained show and ends gives a wonderful ending. Uh, if we never see Loki again, which I doubt, we will probably see him in Secret Wars. Um, I, I think this is a great send-off for that character. If we never see him again, he he came and did what he wanted to do. Um, I'm sad that it's not a big screen version of it, uh, right? But I think him getting his own two-season show, 12 episodes, is very, very well done at the end of the day. Yeah. It, it is kind of hard to imagine that we don't see these characters again. I mean... We see uh, Ren Slayer in that like garbage dump dimension, with, with where, the, yeah. where the yeah the monster is supposed to come eat her. But you know the last scene we end on, she has a very like kind of perseverance painted all over her face, like she's not gonna let this thing take her down. And you know we've seen her do the impossible, so I could see her surviving that and coming back. Uh, we see the TVA trying to like right the ship you know uh mobius you know we we got you know we we wrapped up his arc yeah. a little bit right but i feel like you know does he pop up in uh deadpool 3 i mean that would be that's I mean, the that rumor pretty cool that's, that's i'd like to see rumor, yeah. i'd like to see that so yeah it is hard to imagine that all of this is uh 
wrapped up. I want to see them again. Uh, we definitely got to see Tom Hiddleston again. Yeah, uh, I, I think he, if he that gets can't one be the more. last time we see it. Yeah, yeah, I think if he gets one more where where he 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 saves all all of time by merging everything into one timeline going forward the reboot, if you will. Um, mm. I, th- I think that would be be great. But yeah, I, overall, I think there's some you mentioned some good things set up here. The TVA exists. They've explicitly stated that he who remains and his variants do not know who they are or what they're doing yet, so they can operate you know, in, in the background, uh, and build an army to take him down. Right. That's what we've talked about rumored wise for the, the mm. other shows. So I think that kind of lines up. I think, I think we'll get more of them, but, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, like this has been a really good stepping stone forward, but also a good, Hey, you know, Loki, you, you, you have come a long way from your, you know, trying to kill your father in, in the first movie <laughs> because you found out you were adopted. So, mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, fun fact before we end, um, Loki came out the season five the same day Marvel's uh, debuted, and um, his wife is actually the the actress who played Darben in the Marvels. So they're the only married couple to have Marvel debuts, uh, properties released, new properties released on the same day. So, what a night. What a night for them. I wonder what they did. Probably, <laughs> did they uh, go out to dinner? <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 maybe, maybe they sent her... Maybe they sent them out for press stuff because the actor strike was over. <laughs> so they were like, "Hey, yeah. can you get in the studio real fast? We got we got to film something." But um, yeah, good, good for them. So yeah, um, anything else, Mike on Loki? I think I think uh, everyone no. should watch it. I think I think everyone I mean, should not skip this show on Disney Plus. Yeah, between uh, Loki, the TVA, and uh, Kamala Khan, uh, easily the best things happening at Marvel right now. Yeah, all on Disney Plus. Mike, if people want to know more about what you're doing, what you're up to, where can they find you at? Well, they can find my web comics at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to catch you, where are you? Find me on Instagram, Valdan87, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Video Game Systems of the same name. If people know more about our show, listen to our The Marvels review or get ready for our upcoming uh, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom review or just our regular weekly episode that we do every week. Where can they find all that stuff at? Yeah, if you want to get trapped in our translucent shrinking torture box, uh, the best place to find that is at SuperheroSlate.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. We love our fans. What did you think of Loki? What did you think of the Marvels? Let us know. We love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.